Hey everyone, welcome back to A Financial Way here in episode six. Danny here with Abe. And we uh, we have a very important topic today. Today's topic is finding your passion and goals in a career. So there is no surprise header, no surprise story. This is all coming from the heart, coming exactly where we want to be and how we want to get there. Abe, anything before we start off? No, I think this is going to be a fun, fun one. And uh, we'll get to talk a little bit more about ourselves. So it should be interesting. Yeah, I think uh, getting a good variety between online random freaking stories and, you know, hearing a little bit about our opinions and our kind of journey. It's a, it's a nice little mix, you know. <clears throat> so anyway, I mean, I, I think goals, passions, you know, future dreams, you know, all that can really be jumbled up into just aspirations and, and what inspires you overall. And, and a lot of those things kind of come from, one, your background. Um, you know, things that ultimately shaped you and the character that you are, um, you know, people you look up to or things that have inspired you. I mean, there's a whole plethora of reasons why people can develop a passion or a goal in mind. But specifically today, we want to kind of aim more towards goals in a career or goals for, I guess, your just future financial life. Um, Abe, how would you define passion? What would you kind of start with? I mean, I think it's a very... Um... <clears throat> You can definitely go too much in depth in this, but I want to keep it as simple as possible. So for me, passion would be more like um, something that I'm okay doing tomorrow, the day after, 20 years from now, without really feeling burnt out, without really getting too bored from it, and with still having that same amount of excitement I had day one, 30 years from now. I think that is actually very important. I think a lot of people go after different things. Um that they don't have passion for just simply for money or status, whatever. Uh, but I think passion would be like something you really love doing and you have no problem basically doing it for the rest of your life. I think that is very important. But what do you think a passion is, Danny? How would you define passion? I actually really like that point. That was a really good point because I feel like a lot of people don't realize that sometimes it's the journey that gets you to where you want to be. And a lot of people don't realize that, hey, like, it was actually the process of me getting here that was more satisfying or that felt more rewarding than actually being there at that spot. <clears throat> I mean, at least for me, to get where I am, I feel like I <laughs> we're super early in our career. So for me, I feel like I can't really say a whole lot in terms of if I'm there or not. But I know from <clears throat> I know from at least just, you know, trying to work, trying to be studious, trying to, you know, kind of. I don't even know how you want to define it, but just like to make myself mentally at ease with the work that I put in and feel comfortable with the product that I give out. I want to make sure that, like you just said, you don't regret it. You don't hate it. It's not something you look back and, you know, kind of think like, wow, what the hell was this? You know, like I, I feel like eventually we all get to a point where there will be something that we really strive for or that we really want to kind of go after. And then ultimately, all of that experience, all of those different perspectives that we gain along the way ultimately shape what we want to do. And honestly, like you said, passion is very hard to define. It's not something you can easily just be like, yep, that's it. Honestly, I've changed my mind a bajillion times coming out of college and even entering in college. I mean, the amount of times too, while we were talking, Abe, like I've, I've probably said like, <clears throat> like maybe like 10 different jobs I want to be in 
you know, making this amount of money or like doing these things. I mean, even doing like this podcast, you know, it's like, wow, who knows? Maybe this yeah, could yeah. be a really definitive passion in the future where I'm just like, yep, this is it. This is exactly how I want, like how I want to go on with my life and feel most content with. I mean, honestly, you put it really nicely. It's it's about what you feel happy with, what you enjoy and something that you just don't regret. And I think that's really well put because a lot of people, I think nowadays experience that sense of like, I don't know, I'd say regret. Uh, I'd say disrespect, um, you know, burnout. Like, yeah. Burnout. Like uh, there's a whole lot of, <laughs> a whole lot of words that can really explain why someone just isn't happy or content with where they're at. And I mean, for the most part, it's sometimes just not being at the right place at the right time. And I mean, that's the whole premise of you being an adult, you know, you go along this journey, you go through all these different courses of life and ultimately it shapes you. But I mean, Abe, for you, what exactly is your passion? What what do you find passionate about? Uh, honestly, my passion has changed. Like you said, you, same with you. Uh, my passion has changed so many times because back when I was still like maybe a sophomore before COVID happened, I was so set on the corporate ladder. I wanted to go uh, into banking and I wanted to like become like a VP and like just keep going up the ranks. But when COVID happened, and I had so much time to think about what I actually want. Uh, I started watching YouTube and there was a couple of people on there that like they were uh, real estate agents and like they also buy houses and this and that. Uh, and that really like intrigued me. So I started watching into it more and I really discovered I kind of like this. I kind of I kind of like having my own my own thing, my own practice and real estate. It's just real estate is so fascinating because it's not just about like houses. You can buy so many different types of real estate. Like it can be commercial, it can be uh, residential, it could be lands, it could be anything. Uh, and there's so much ways you can make money into it. And I just really discovered I am in love with maybe buying something that's so ugly and making it into beautiful or having rental properties or just building up businesses from scratch, whether that's like I don't know, like a real estate company, or let's say it's like a an appraiser company, or like a real estate agent company, whatever it is. I just I feel like my passion is to build companies and to to kind of like leave my legacy that way, where like my brand will be many many companies that I have built and that are very successful. Uh, it sounds it sounds like it's a big big dream and goal and passion, but I feel like if you're committed to your goal and you're committed to your the thing that like you're passionate about, you can definitely make it work. And this is something that like 40 years from now, while I'm still building and figuring my my all that stuff, uh, I don't think I'm gonna get bored. I, I think I'm gonna still be as excited as I was when I was 21, starting my company, uh, just having my team and all that stuff. So I I feel like that would be my passion, just building companies and figuring things and just making very successful businesses. What do you, what do you think your passion is? Do you think it's like the, the corporate ladder? Honestly, I, I mean, that's that whole revolving around the whole idea of, Hey, I'm still young. I can do whatever the heck I want kind of mentality. But honestly, I, I feel like even now, more importantly, like building and in, in developing a really solid idea and foundation of what your quote unquote passion is at this stage in life is super fundamental for, 
early on success in your life just because one, you don't have that much time. Two, you get a lot more obligations in, in the future, you know, married kids, you start to be a little bit more confined with where you live just because you're, you know, you're, you settle for a house or whatever it may be. <clears throat> I mean, I think right now being young, being curious and being a risk taker definitely is a way for you to unravel what your passions are pretty early on. And I think that for me has kind of showed me a little bit more of like, hey, like, can banking be the possible pathway? Can life after banking be a possible pathway? Can going to business school being, you know, and figuring out what that passion is after after taking on that journey? What What's that pathway look like? I mean, for me, I, I think my mind is super open-minded right now, but going up that corporate ladder, you know, understanding the fundamentals of banking within itself, getting a good understanding of financial statements, basically, <laughs> sorry, um, you know, getting getting a good sense of just like risk management, relationship building, um, you know, team building, literally all of those kind of things play into banking. And they're so fundamental to overall just life like skills, just because, you know, things like that pan out perfectly in those uh, scenarios where you need to develop those skills. And I think for me, again, super open minded, but I think just you know, sticking to an idea right now, which is, you know, what I'm currently doing in banking, kind of going up that ladder, figuring out down the road, keep reflecting, keep, you know, idolizing like, hey, like, what's the next step? What am I, what do I envision next? And then ultimately making more steps along the path, because at least down that route, if I'm always continuously happy, I wouldn't regret it, you know, maybe I could have been happier elsewhere. But honestly, if I'm happy, I'll take that. Because there's way more people right now, especially in the corporate chain, who don't have it as happy, who are getting absolutely wrecked. And for me, being very, very, very lucky with where I ended up, I'm super grateful for where I am. And I love my team. I love the company. I love, you know, the atmosphere that I'm in and the environment and the intensity of it, just because it teaches you so much that I feel like as someone who's 22, don't doesn't really get that that much. And I think right now that's slowly unraveling what other different journeys and obstacles I want to further take on in my life. But I mean, what did we do to find our passion? <clears throat> I mean, I think it's honestly hard work and curiosity. I think both of us during college in particular really started to shed more, more of our like, I guess, shell of what we wanted to do of our passion, just because of what we talked about, what we honed down on, what our daily conversations or, or what we talked about weekly. I mean, those kind of things really intrigued us. And also the classes, what we took too, indirectly shine that light on what we like. Abe, I know for you, definitely management stood out. That for me was like a big no brainer of like, okay, obviously this guy wants to be a little bit more entrepreneurial. Whereas for me, I took more of a conceptual, more fundamental theoretics finance. So for me, I kind of thought getting a good understanding of finance and being well-rounded in that would maybe shape me into something going out in the corporate world, which is also relatively similar because, I mean, it's it's obviously applied finance, but you still learn theories, topics, and general legal structures and, and just the way how banking works in general. So for me, I feel like I followed a similar passion that led from school, from academics to professional life. And again, it, it, it could always change. I could always do something more you know, entrepreneur, more solo instead of corporate. I could always go back into academics. I mean, 
kind of just spinning it back. Are you saying that game theory, actually, that class game theory was actually useful? Or was it just like a very (laughs) hard class for nothing? (laughs) Apologies, I'm sick. Um, I'd say that, I mean, I think the classes I took for sure definitely provided a lot of input and value. I loved game theory. It, I don't know, for a lot of people, they're going to be like, how the hell are you going to use game theory in your job? But it's the rationale and thinking that kind of gets you there. Because it felt like a lot of riddles, honestly. Like you, It's not very as clear-cut as you think. Because there's a whole lot of different understandings as to what would prompt game theory. And also the actions and you know taking the optimal strategies against someone and using their actions against them. So very dependent. But able, I mean, kind of bouncing off school and bouncing off just how you grew up. Like what else did you find that essentially kind of guided you towards passion? Or what did you think that? led to, yeah. towards that like pathway i guess uh yeah of course uh just really quick for those that don't uh really know what we just mentioned game theory was a class that um <laughs> the average like grade in that class was i think like a 70 percent like if you had like a 70 percent that was like an a in that class uh it was one of those kinds of classes so like not a lot of people were gutsy enough to take it i didn't take it but uh danny did uh but going back to like how and where I found my passion, it was a couple of things. Definitely my background had a thing to it, but um, it definitely started during COVID. I think during COVID, it started out with like us having so much time because we just were off school and like we had a couple of weeks before the professors had time to like make the online program work. So it was like a bunch of like, it was a bunch of nights with me just playing like video games with the boys. And I was like, okay, how much, how much video games can I really play? So let, let me look something on YouTube. Let me find some people. And there was two to three different people that I was watching that really intrigued me with what they were doing. One of them was someone named me, Kevin. He was someone that um, started into the real estate world when he was uh, 18 and he was basically talking about how like he started with nothing and now he's like 29 or 30 whatever and he has like his own private plane he has like a biz- uh, like a real estate business he has so many like he has like 20 rental properties and like he has a, like a really successful youtube channel and i was like wow so you don't have to like have a 9 to 5 to have that much money and that really spiked interest in my head i was like okay so i can i can build my own thing and like i can i can still make money Money doesn't just have to come from like a nine to five job. Uh, <clears throat> and then the next person that also intrigued me was he's Danny's going to make fun of me for this, but Mr. Beast, <laughs> because Mr. Beast, he might seem like someone that makes like stupid videos and like he just spends like millions of dollars on um, just videos. And that's how he's so successful. But that's not true. Uh, because Mr. Beast doesn't just make money if he makes money from his YouTube channels. Mr. Beast created something that no one else can create. And he also has 24 or 25 different channels. The man, this is just brilliant. The man was smart enough to figure out that English is not the most spoken language around the world. So he created dubbed channels based on his same YouTube videos in other languages. And he created like almost all the languages and he's making money off of that. So instead of someone cutting you out and making those, he's doing it himself. And that really spiked interest in me because I was like, wow. So he's someone that like is thinking outside the box. And because he's thinking outside the box, he's able to make and profit, uh, profitize more money off of it. And I was like, wow, that is pretty cool. 
So yeah, I, I thought that like real estate is amazing. And I also come from a, a family that um, we, we did own real estate growing up. So uh, I, I was used to it, but I just, I don't know. I, I thought like nine to five was the thing to do all the way until COVID. And when COVID happened, I was like, no, I don't want to sit at the desk from nine to five working on Excel projects, having to like do this and that and take orders from people. It's just not my thing. I want to find my own thing. I want to bigger my own company. I want to take my own decisions and I want to build my own team. And that was, that was the way for me, I feel like. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody. And you also definitely have to put in the time. So I know that Danny works a lot. I mean, Danny probably works like 12 hours a day. What do you think, Danny? 12 hours a day, would you say? No, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say that's a bit excessive. I'd say really? only on weekdays I work. I'd say it's roughly around like 10, 10 hours a day. I usually okay. go in the office like around 8.30 and I don't get out until like Damn. Um, 5.36. And then ultimately I do like maybe an hour or two at home. But that's like... I feel like that all stems to just depending on the work day. So I feel like honestly, a good average day at work is probably nine, 10 hours a week, or I mean, nine, 10 hours a day. And then obviously multiplying that per week would probably equate to like, I don't know, like 50, 55 hours, roughly somewhere in that ballpark. But honestly, I I mean, the, the whole idea of me getting into corporate was, I mean, I, I think it all really stemmed from just understanding that school has always been a motivator for me of like, Hey, some someone's telling me to learn. You're teaching me a very important skill. That skill is developed and getting it's going to get really strong. And ultimately, I apply that skill going forward, and then I get rewarded for it. And school has always been the case where I I felt like I've always done good. I've excelled. I was able. Uh, I was even able to take on additional work. I mean, I, I I really like that. But not everyone is that capable or is not even just that interested within itself, which is no issue at all. You don't have to be interested in something for you to be completely great at it. There's many people who are very disassociated with school who still are very smart, brilliant, and capable people. But the idea is that you find a source of inspiration and you take that source of inspiration despite of how small that curiosity scale is and you upsize it to the point where you, hey, I'm going to explore it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to partake in it so that I know whether or not I can take that gander or that risk going forward and ultimately, you'll know whether or not you like it. I mean, <laughs> a cool little story is like, I've, I've always wanted my sister to play soccer. I mean, our family has always played soccer. We've always been a soccer playing family. But the thing is, it's like my sister never part, partook in, in sports ever. She never was ever involved in sports. She just didn't like it. It wasn't her thing. And then literally recently, she started playing soccer. And now she's really interested in, in joining the team. Obviously, is she going to be the greatest? No. But it's the idea that even though other people are at this level, at this age, already well more developed and well more skilled than her, she's still taking that leap of faith to be like, hey, I have an interest. I have some inkling of curiosity of wanting to partake in this. And now ultimately, if she likes it, she has a good time, she enjoys the experience, and she's open-minded with it. So even if she does get a negative experience from it, she'll try again. That essentially defines and creates a foundation for passion because now she'll know <laughs> she'll know that, hey, I can try this again. I could do it again. I could do it for another season. I could try it with new people. I could try it with a new coach, you know, things like that. 
And even that curiosity would explode beyond just playing. She could watch it. She could join a team. She could, <laughs> she could buy merchandise or whatever. I mean, it's just like there's a whole lot of direct ways to get involved with your passion that maybe some people aren't realizing it, you know? And I think a lot of people think in STEM that, hey, school is the one-all, be-all way of finding a passion. And it really isn't. It's not. You always hear time to time of people saying like, hey, I found my passion doing real estate. Well, how the heck are you going to do real estate in school? You're not. You can learn about it, but it's 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 the act of doing it. It's the actual fulfilling and capitalizing on an investment in which becomes that act of doing real estate. And then ultimately that kind of guides you. So sometimes you're going to take a fat L and you might lose a lot of money. Or other times you take a fat L, but you learn and come out with a lesson. It's those lessons that ultimately figure out is this something I want to keep going with? Is this something I feel passionate about? Is this something I feel confident with? Because ultimately, 100%. I imagine the rationale is if you're confident with something, you like something, you you find curiosity in something, whatever it may be, you're going to be a lot more interested in it, which would thus cause you to try more, which would evoke you in terms of, you know, bringing out the best of you because a lot of these different reactions or things that are happening or whatever emotions are provoking you to, to, Hey, and they're basically like bugging the hell out of you. And they're saying like, Hey, like, you know, like this, this is getting on my nerves. I got to get better at this. I got to, I got to do this. So kind of tailoring that back to my sister, like I'm trying to push her. I'm trying to get her to, Hey, you know, if you if you really like soccer, get into it, be, be more devoted, figure out what else is there, <clears throat> figure out what else is there besides just playing and kicking a soccer ball and realize the hmm, the altering effects that come from everything around that environment. I mean, you have the camaraderie with a team, you have the close bonding with a coach or some teammates, you have the overall intensity and adrenaline of playing your game. I mean, all these different factors ultimately, you know, pick a reason as to why you're passionate about something. I mean, why are we going this route to begin with, Abe? I, I think for me, it's really just one being happy. I, I don't think you can live a life where you're not happy. Like that would suck. That would blow ass. If you cannot feel happy with what you're doing, that's the biggest clear cut indicator of, Hey, something's got to change and something's got to change fast. Why are you doing what you're doing? Abe? Are you trying to get filthy rich? What the hell? What are you trying to do? Uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the biggest thing is, yeah, I want to be rich. I want to be hella rich. I want to like, I want to be able to, <laughs> let's say at the age of like 35, I want to be able to just sit on the beach and just be sipping whatever <laughs> drink I'm going to be sipping and just not have to work a day in my life. Now, will I do that? Probably not. I, I enjoy the game way too much to, uh, to actually quit, but I have the option. It, it gives me an option to basically do whatever I want. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I just I love I love the real estate world. It's so fascinating, and you're never gonna know everything. And when you were speaking about mistakes, I think a part of passion is also being able to do a thousand mistakes in whatever you're doing and still find it fascinating to keep learning and keep growing. Um, and as you were saying, I have probably made a ton of mistakes, whether that was in like my um, rehab business, whether that was in like when I was being a realtor for someone, but I was able to learn and I was like, okay, that is something 
next time when I'm maybe like looking at a project and I'm like, okay, how much is it going to cost me or who should I bring? I now know what I didn't know. And I think learning with your money is probably the toughest thing you can do, but it's something that you will never forget ever. Like if I ever lost money, I will never forget the lesson I learned with that because I understand that it was something that I did wrong and I won't do it again. Uh, so that's that's another thing. And then probably my ego. I, I enjoy being the boss too much. Uh, that's probably why I went in the route I am and I, I kind of like it. So yeah, I, I, think, I think I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. And 40 years from now, 50 years from now, I'll probably still be enjoying it as much as I am on the first day. So I don't know, man. There I mean, you go. Yeah. Dang. No, that's, it's important to realize those kind of reflection points and in, in one's understanding of a passion, just because ultimately we all kind of share that same perception. I'm going to be very noticeable when something's going on in my life because it'll impact how content I am with it. It'll impact how, you know, how I feel about it. And ultimately just come down to just like, why am I even doing this? You know, will it even be a passion for the long term? And I think the thing with passion too, is like, I don't think passion necessarily has to be a one all be all kind of thing. You know, like we might be making it sound like you have to pick one thing and it's over and you have to stick with that until you're dead. No, like we're saying, pick something you enjoy, use that as a placeholder as passion and if you develop more passions or you pass on the passion that you originally liked to something else, then make that your passion. A passion doesn't have to be a one-time thing. It has to just be something, at least for me, what I'm saying is that it has to be something that you can be very focused, very diligent, very intrigued with to make you keep pursuing it. Because eventually there'll be a point where with a lot of people, it's like when you're a kid, you know, you have a toy, you play with this toy forever always not as fun you find something else you find an xbox or whatever you start playing with that it, it's it's like okay the passage of the toy was important because it eventually it made you realize and it gave you that understanding of how important the xbox is and then something else later in life will give you that same understanding from what the xbox gave you to what that thing was so it's essentially like a stepping stone to another stepping stone but it's also the idea that you never know when you're going to hit that final stepping stone and it's not for you to realize when you're going to hit that. It's about just proactively realizing what you're at and ultimately figuring out, am I the happiest I can be? Am I really content? Am I really, really happy with this position in life? And for a lot of people, they're going to say no. They're going to say, mm, maybe I could do better. Well, then ultimately, that's where a passion can come into, you know, come into effect. I think for a lot of people, too, you might think as well, like, hey, a passion's got to be a full-time thing. Hell no, it does not have to be a full-time thing. If you don't like your day job and your passion is something that's super, super, super niche, super hard, super, you know, like you can't make a living out of it, well, try to figure out ways to, you know, make your job not as dependent to the point where it takes time out of your passion. Or inversely, if you can make your passion your job, even better, you know? I, I, I think there's a whole lot of different routes you can kind of take at this, but I think... <laughs> when you get to that point of understanding what you want to consider a quote-unquote passion, then ultimately you can kind of start to work backwards and say like, hey, how do I get here? What can I do? What have people done in the past? How did they get there? 
Is it something I can replicate? Is it realistic? I mean, there's a whole lot of ways and, and, and pathways you can kind of hit down, um, hitting a passion. But ultimately, for me, I'd say the biggest takeaway, if I were to say anything important that I said today, is just whatever you go after, be happy with it. You know, keep striving to want to be the best. Because ultimately, if you're the best, the people around you are going to also want to try, you know, being their best or also at least understand and see that. And I think for me, and I think what Abe has done amazingly so as an awesome friend is that he's always wanted to improve himself, get better. And for me, that's kind of also put in my mind like, hey, if the people around me are trying to get better, why shouldn't I get better too, you know, especially at what I do, even if we're not doing the same thing. Ideally for me, I want to be you know, smart. I want to be capable. I want to know what the heck I'm doing. And there's going to be days where you don't feel like that. There's going to be days where you feel like shit and you don't know what the hell is going on. But it's about taking those days that kind of occur and then ultimately reflecting back and, and using it as a pinpoint of like, hey, this is what happened. This is how it happened. How can I avoid this? Or how can I get better at this? Because sometimes you're going to hit gray areas where it just keeps coming back up and you don't know what the hell is happening. And you use that as essentially a pinpoint of reference because you're going to find sometimes that one job might suck over another. And then you find another job after you leave that also sucks. And you kind of have to reflect on both of those different points in time, what the hell sucked simultaneously. And then maybe for your third job or whatever the heck you're going after, you try to find something that goes outside of that and that avoids whatever the thing that sucked. I don't know. I, I like to spiel a lot of that BS, but ultimately it really just comes down to what you want. I mean, Abe, this is it, man. This is the whole passion story. What are your final takeaways? Go. Yeah, I think I think you you said it pretty well. Where you and I, we have such a a good and close relationship where we're we're really good friends and we're okay with sharing things together. So like when I have things that I'm like, I want someone's opinion on, even though you're not in the real estate business or you're not in the business I am in, I still value your opinion because I feel like you're such a well knowledge person and that you would care about like giving me the best advice possible and even even in um in college you were the person that always uh helped me strive forward because you were always pushing me to be on your level and guys i'm gonna say it here once and for all i think danny was probably so much smarter than me in college uh he was definitely so hard uh, like he was always trying very hard and he was just an amazing student and he was involved in so many different things and i was always like wow and I was always trying to be as, as close to him as possible. Like when it comes to all that stuff, I was trying to challenge myself more than I was in high school because of having him as a friend. So to me, Danny was a big part of how I found my passion because I was like, I was trying to always maybe keep up with him. And he sometimes was trying to keep up with me in different things. So I think moral of the story, you it's two things. You have to keep yourself open to trying new things. I think getting inspiration from just the littlest things around you and seeing how you feel about it, I think it's a very big thing. Uh, so if you enjoy watching, let's say TikTok and you get inspired by like something and you're like, wow, I can maybe do this. Try it, give it a try. It doesn't hurt to try. And let's say you lost a hundred bucks, 200 bucks and whatever you tried. So you learned, you learned that's not your passion. Big deal, not a big deal. It's, it's, you're never going to be that young again. And that's a big thing. And we're young. 
And we're telling you, you're never going to be that young again. Uh, the second thing is, I think you are who you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with people that just don't have hopes, don't have dreams, don't have goals, don't just, they just want to be there. Uh, you're not going to really go anywhere. And as bad as that sounds, it's true. I think you want to surround yourself with people that maybe are passionate about something because from their passion, you might find your own passion. From their work ethic, your work ethic will get better. From the way they think and the way they operate, you might be able to think outside the box better and you might be able to like think of an idea that no one has ever thought of and make a ton of money and be so happy and build a business out of it. Who knows? I'm just giving an example here. But I think that is the best way for me to to describe passion and to describe how to maybe find your passion, uh, which to me, it worked. Uh, I'm sure it would work for a lot of more people listening out there. And it might not work for some people listening out there, but it happens. So that's that's my take on this. That's my my spiel about passion and how to find it. Wow, that was good, Abe. And thanks for, for being a big fat baby and uh... – <laughs> Sucking up to me, bro. I uh, I like to hear it. That's, <laughs> That's the only, first time anyone. Time you ever hear that? Exactly. I was about to say that. It's the only time I'll ever hear it in my life. You bum. All right. Well, that wraps up episode six. Thanks everyone for listening. And th- this is obviously a way more, I'd say, sentimental, more personal, anecdotal kind of story storytelling episode. So we're trying to spice it up, and hopefully, um, you know, this gets a little bit more feedback and. People like this a little bit more with this kind of kind of content style, but we're going to keep spicing it up, giving more variety. So thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Good one.